Morning, everyone. How are we doing? We might just uh, we might just release the uh, the youth this morning. Um, they're going to head off. Actually, actually, sorry. Actually, just wait. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just before you do. <clears throat> Can I just share, um, maybe, a, I just feel like the words just give me, a, that the Lord's given me a word of knowledge. Is it right if I share that this morning? I thought I might keep the youth here just in case this is, this is for them. Um, I feel like the, the, the Lord just showed me an image of a car with, um, with, with like a damage down the side of it. A car with like, like a, it's almost like a scraping damage down the side of it. Don't worry, I didn't. I didn't hit your car this morning. If that's what you want, <laughs> it's not. A, it's not. It's not a prophetic word. It's not going to happen. Is, is there someone here this morning who's, who's that relates to them? Their, their car maybe's got some to damage scraping down down the side. There's a few. Can I can I just invite you to stand? I feel like the Lord's saying what the, what the enemy meant for evil, he's going to turn around for good. What the enemy meant for evil, he will turn around for good. And I actually feel like specifically he's saying this week, this week, I feel like there's a specific time and it's this week. This week, I feel like the Lord, you're going to begin to see the Lord's hand on, on, this, on the situation that you're facing and he's begun, begin to turn it around. This week. So Lord, we just bless what you're doing. Lord, I pray for whatever situation that, that, the, that these people are facing, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, we pray that your hand would just be upon that situation and you would begin to turn that around. And what the enemy meant for evil, Lord, you will make for good. And this will be a testimony for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Have a seat. Uh, is there someone here this morning with a broken foot or a, or a broken ankle or some kind of sore, sore foot or something happened recently? Yeah? yeah. Any, anyone else? Broken foot? Something, something happened? Is it, well, uh, sorry, what's, what, what's your name? Annabelle. What, what happened? Is it broken? It's broken. Which Which foot? Oh, I can see it's in a cast. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? We're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to believe for healing of the back as well. Broken foot. All right. Yep. Anyone else this morning? All right. He's, he's got a sore foot. He just wants in on what God's doing. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We'll pray for that as well. Um, can, I, can I just ask, just, just raise your hand if that was you. Can, can I just get a few people right now just quickly just to, just to jump around and just, we're going to lay hands on them. Um, if, if, if it's okay, just to see if, if you can put your hand on the, on the foot. I believe the Lord is, is, is right now, before we even begin to pray, he's, he's starting to do things in their body. Let's begin to believe for healing in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We just speak to this. 
we speak to this broken foot, we speak to the pain, we speak to, to whatever is, is damaged in this, in this area, we command it right now to be restored in Jesus' name. Every, every muscle, every ligament, every joint, the bone, everything right now come into alignment with the way it was created and it will be completely healed in Jesus' name. We, we, we also declare no, there will be no lasting effects from this injury. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Awesome. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here this morning. All right, uh, youth, youth guys, you can feel free to, uh, to head off next door. Rachel's got something planned for you. If you're high school age this morning, um, then um, you can head out with, uh, with the youth. They're going to go into the office next door. So be blessed. All right, how are we doing? We're good. We're, um, we're on, this, uh, on this theme of, of faith at the moment. Uh, we, oh, no, we don't have it up there. The, uh, the, the question that we're asking is, is faith such a big deal? Is faith such a big deal? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, that's, that's all we can go home now. <laughs> I actually, um, you know, I, I used to really struggle with assignments uh, at uni because they would, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd give you a question and then they'd be like, you've got to write like 3,000 words and it'd be like this, you know, is faith a really big deal and you've got to go and write 3,000 words about how to answer it and I'd be like, well, the answer is yes. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is a big deal. Anyway, this morning I want to, um, why don't we turn to First James, sorry, James chapter 1. Good luck turning to First James. <laughs> if you've got First James in your Bible, it might not be the Bible. James chapter 1 this morning. What I feel like the Lord is wanting to do is, um, I feel like what he's wanting to do is, is really encourage us to act upon our faith. It's a uh, I feel like the Lord is going to begin to stir our hearts, and, and the word I'm getting is like a, a reigniting of a, um, of, of, of us being able to act our faith, act upon our faith. The, the, the message this morning is like a, a message about doing something. It's about stepping out. It's about actually going and doing something. There's, a, there's, there's something that the Lord actually wants us to do. And I think for, for some of us, we've probably never, ever acted upon our faith. Some of us, maybe, maybe in... in in the past, you know, maybe you've been a Christian for quite a while, and right back, right back in the beginning when you first met Jesus and you first ex- uh, encountered with Him and you first had an experience of His of His love and and your sins being forgiven and what that felt like and 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 if you remember back, you, there was probably a time when you acted upon your faith, and I feel like this morning the Lord is wanting to reignite that. And um, there was a there was a prophetic word that was shared at at, at, our, at our, one of our prayer meetings recently. Um, where you know there's a where, where you have a fireplace, you, you know you go camping and, and there's a, and you've got a fire going, and the next morning you come out and the fire's gone out, and there's you know all these coals on top of it, this burnt wood, and if you and if you sweep off that burnt wood, what what you get is these sometimes these, these red hot coals, and and those there you can actually use to reignite, reignite that fire. 
And this morning I feel like the Lord wanted to, to reignite that, that faith, reignite that, that passion, that excitement, that, that desire to actually act upon our faith and actually go out and do something. I actually heard a quote uh, recently that really, really challenged me. And it said, We know that we can do nothing without Jesus, but many of us also do nothing with him. <laughs> Does that just challenge you this morning? And so I feel like this morning what the, what the Lord is wanting to do is he's, he's wanting us to do something with Jesus. There's an action here this morning that he wants us to take. So we're going to look at um, James chapter 1 and, and I want to look at um, this, this idea of getting into trouble and, and, then, and then we're going to look at uh, the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I've actually given, I have actually given this message a, a title. I don't know if I've given a message a title before. But I, I felt like there's, there's something specific that I want us to, to sort of get a hold of. And so I've decided to title this message, Get Yourself Into Trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You heard it right. Get Yourself Into Trouble. And um, some of us, are, I'm always in trouble. <laughs> some, uh, I'll, I'll, hopefully that makes a bit more sense to you as we begin to, to dive into the scripture. Um, so yeah, so get yourself into trouble as a title of this message. Why don't we pray? Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're in this place. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and do whatever you want to do this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to ignite that fire inside of us. Ignite that fire, that desire for us to step out in faith, to be bold, to act upon our faith, to see our vision of transforming our community through love and power of Jesus come to pass. Come and do whatever you want to do this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, uh, let's take a look. James chapter 1. Uh, let's read from verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Consider it all joy. Consider it an opportunity for joy when you face trouble. Some, some versions probably say trials. Consider it, uh, consider it all joy when you face various trials. That's really challenging because I don't know about you, but when I face challenges, when I face trouble, the first thing I think of is not, yes, this is, this is an opportunity for joy. I remember uh, our car breaking down. And, you know, your car breaking down is, is you know, at any time is not, is not a good thing. But imagine if you're way out in the middle of nowhere in Kingaroy, it's where we were, and our car broke down. Nothing around. I can tell you now, it was not, an, it was, it was not, it was not a time of joy. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but, you know, maybe, maybe anger, frustration, fear, those are the kind of things that, typically happen when we're faced with trouble. 
And yet, and yet the scripture here is inviting us to look at trouble as an opportunity for joy. Actually, it says, it says great joy. There are obviously different levels of joy. This says great joy. How challenging is that? Troubles and trials are opportunities for great joy. And I'm beginning to, to think about, why is that? Why, why would we think about uh, a trial or trouble with great joy? And we see in, in, in verse 3 there, it says, For the testing of your faith. The testing of your faith produces endurance. And so what, what this is actually saying is, troubles and trials are essentially an opportunity for you to test your faith. Consider, a, consider a, a difficult situation. It's simply an opportunity for you to go, okay, am I going to trust God in this situation or not? And, and not only are we going to trust him, are we going to put our faith, but it says, it says that it, it, it talks about produ- um, producing endurance. It says, so let it grow. Consider it all joy when you face various troubles. Essentially, what, what, this, what the scripture is, is, is trying to say is, you know, when you, when you face something difficult, when you face something challenging, when things don't go right, there's an opportunity for you in that moment to put your faith in the Lord and say, you know what, I can't do anything about this. I'm going to trust him. And actually to continue day after day after day after day with your faith in the Lord. And it doesn't matter how it begins to look. Maybe the next day it looks worse than it was the previous day. We just keep our faith. I'm going to keep believing in the Lord day after day. And, 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 and listen to this. When it's fully developed, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. <laughs> Who likes the sound of that? Perfect, complete, needing nothing. And this is what happens when we, when we, when we look at, at challenges, when we look at difficult situations, when we look at trouble from this perspective of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to trust the Lord. I'm going to put my faith in Him in this situation, and I'm going to keep it there. And I'm not moving until this thing, until I see a breakthrough. And day after day, no matter what happens, no matter what, what, we, what, how it looks, we just go, I'm believing the Lord. I'm going to believe the Lord. My faith is in Him. He, will, he is faithful. Consider it all joy. You know, I, I had this, this, this interesting thought around you know, another reason why we, the Scripture said to consider it a joy because if you, if you imagine for a moment that one day, you know, we're, we're all going to be in heaven. One day we're going to be in, in, in that perfect place. And we will never, ever, ever face trouble again. We will never face another trial. No sickness. No death. For eternity. Eternity, you'll never face something difficult ever again. And so the only, the only time that we have to put our faith in the Lord in the middle of trouble, in the middle of a difficult circumstance, is right now. That's the only time you're ever going to have that opportunity. 
And so I think, you know, when, when we begin to have this, this perspective of, wow, what, what a joy it is that in the middle of, of, of trouble, in the middle of uh, a difficult circumstance, I'm going to put my faith in the Lord because now that's the only chance I'm ever going to get to do that. Consider it all joy when you face trouble. For, um, for, for what I want to talk about this morning, um, I, I guess I want to kind of distinguish between a couple of different types of trouble and, and, and what trouble actually means and, and what trouble I'm you know, referring to when I say get yourself into trouble. And um, I, uh, I heard this analogy used in a, in a sermon and I thought it was really good and I, I wanted to share, I actually shared it with the, we, we talked about this last week with the youth kids and so, you know, if you, if you just imagine for a moment that you had $10,000 in your bank, right, you've got $10,000 in the bank, and, and then you get an unexpected bill. And with the, when, we're, when we're talking with the youth kids, it was a phone bill, because obviously they all use their phones too much or something. <laughs> you get a, you've got $10,000 in the bank, you get an unexpected bill, from Telstra, you, you know, you're, you're expecting your $30 phone bill, but it comes in, it's $100. Who knows you're not in trouble? Who knows this is not a trial? You got $10,000 in the bank, you got a $100 bill. You're not in trouble. Because you can pay it. Because you can fix that thing on your own. You can take care of the problem. You've got, you've got enough. You've got the resources. You've got the, the know-how. Whatever it is, you can actually fix that thing on your own. But let's imagine for a moment that you have $100 in your bank. And then you get a $10,000 bill. Now it's different. Who knows? Now you're in trouble. <laughs> now it's a trial. Why? Because you can't fix that on your own. You've got $100 as a $10,000 bill. You can't, you can't fix that on your own. This is the kind of thing I want to talk about this morning, about, about troubles, about things that you can't fix on your own. It's these, it's these impossible situations. I'd like to propose also that there are, there are two different kinds of trouble. There's, there's the kind of trouble that you, can't, uh, that, you, that you don't get to decide whether or not you, you face it. There's trouble that just happens in, in our lives that you don't get to decide about. And, you know, an example of this is like your, your sicknesses and diseases. Nobody chooses to get cancer. Nobody chooses that. There are troubles that you face that you don't get to decide. But also, I also believe that there are, there, are, there are troubles and impossible situations that come along that you actually get the choice. They come along in, 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 into your path and you actually get the choice whether or not you want to face that thing.
And so I want to look at this morning the, the, the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. And, and I, I guess what, I'm, what I feel like the Lord is doing is he's wanting us to look at, you know, getting ourselves into trouble, looking at impossible situations that come along on our path and making that decision to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to act upon my faith, I'm going to step into this situation and do something. If you've got your Bibles, uh, why don't you turn to 1 Samuel 17. Just to give you some context, um, I, I might read from verse... Uh, from verse 32, 1 Samuel 17:32. Just to give you some context before we, we, we start reading through this, we probably all know, fairly familiar with the story of David and Goliath. There's a couple of things, uh, a couple of points that I, that I want to sort of draw out this morning from this, this, um, this story around this idea of getting yourself into trouble, stepping into faith and, and, and sort of how we go about doing that and and, and so just, just to give some context before we, before we start reading from verse 32, David, um, David is actually with, with the sheep and the goats in the field. He's, um, you know, he's been assigned to look after the, the farm animals and the rest of the brothers, the older brothers, they're all out, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're off with the army, out, out to battle. And David's father comes to him and says, all right, I want you to take this, this basket. He gives him a basket with some bread and some cheese. And he says, David, I want you to take this, head out to the battlefield, take this food to your brothers and, and, the, and their captain, and go and see what's happening. Go out, take a look, and bring back a report. So, so at, at, at this particular time, uh, Israel and the Philistines are at war. And the armies have, have, um, have essentially met at, um, at a valley. And it's like a, a bit of a stalemate sort of situation. And what's happening is every, every morning, the armies would come out, they'd stand there, and every morning the Philistine giant named Goliath would, would step out of the ranks, he'd walk towards the, to Israel, and he would begin to taunt them. He began to mock them. And, and the, the Israelite army looked at him and they were just terrified. They freaked out. They, just, they, they were so full of fear. They were so scared. They refused to do anything. And so I think it was for 40 days, 40 days, day after day, this is what kept happening. And then, and then David shows up. Right, he's he's got his his basket of, of uh, cheese and crackers, and and uh, and, he, and he's turned up to the battlefield, and David sees they you know that the armies come out in the morning, and David sees Goliath walking out from the ranks, and he, and he sees and he hears him begin to to say what he does every day, begin to taunt the the army, and and this is what David says. This is what happens. We'll read it from verse thirty-two. 
Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight the Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead, and may the Lord be with you. He goes on, um, Saul, Saul then ins- insists that David puts on his armor. You know, David's turned up to this, uh, turned up to the, to the battlefield wearing his, his shepherd outfit and, um, you know, with his basket of cheese and crackers and, and, and um, Saul looks at him and says, you, you know, you, you need some armor on. And he puts his armor on him and, and David says, no, no, this is, it's too big, it doesn't fit, it's too heavy, I can't fight with this. He takes it off. Instead, David goes and grabs uh, some, some stones, smooth stones. He's got his sling and he heads out to battle. And, you know, we know the story. He, he, he gets a stone in his sling and he, and, he, and he swings it around and he throws it at Goliath, hits him in the forehead. Goliath falls down and dies. And there's a, there's a great victory that day. I want to look at a couple of things this morning around, around the scripture, around this idea of getting ourselves into trouble and, and being people who actually look for opportunities when giants turn up, when there's a giant somewhere in our path, somewhere not even doesn't necessarily even be, have to be facing us, but it's just somewhere along the way, we are people who actually who, who look at that giant and like David, we go, I'll, I'll fight him. I'll fight this one. The first thing, the first thing that's really important for us to understand is that what we need is we need to be listening and following the voice of the Father. We've got to be people who actually listen for his voice. And, you know, we see in this, in this particular story, it's David's father who actually says, All right, I want you to go to the battlefield. He sends, him, he sends him on that path. He doesn't send him to go fight. He's just saying, I want you to go over there, take, take, this, take this basket, and head in that direction. And it's, it's so important for us that we're actually listening to the voice of God. We hear his voice and we follow. Because, because what's happening is the Lord will actually uh, strategically put us in places where there are giants. It may be somewhere where you don't expect. The Lord may just come and ask you to do something taking some, some cheese and crackers to someone. And, 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 and what, he's, what he's actually doing is strategically putting you somewhere where there's going to be a giant. And so, you know, I, th- I think we, what, what we really need to be doing is really listening for the voice of God. 
We've got to listen. We've got to obey. No matter how strange it might be. You know, David, David was headed to the, to the battlefield not to fight. He was, he was sent there for a completely different reason. And, and I feel like the Lord does that with us as well. A lot of people probably think, um, uh, you know, <laughs> think of situations as just happen to be a coincidence. It's a coincidence that you just happen to be at that place at, this, at that right time. You know, we could look at this as a coincidence that David was there at the time when Goliath was there. But the, but the reality is that the Lord's chosen us as his people to, 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 to be in those places at that time. You know, we are, we are actually called to destroy the works of the devil. How many people know that this morning? We are called to destroy the works of the devil. The enemy comes to, um, to kill, steal, and destroy. And so anywhere along your path where you see death, loss, destruction, there's an opportunity you, for, for you to step into that situation, to bring, the, to bring the reality of the kingdom of heaven into that circumstance and have it turned around for God. You know, if we think about everywhere where Jesus went, everywhere he went, he faced impossible situations. The sick, the, the poor, the broken, the possessed, the, even the dead. Everywhere he went, he faced impossible situations. And when we look at his life, we see time and time again, what's he doing? He's turning around those, those impossible situations for the glory of God. And there's an invitation for us to do the same. The Lord is, the Lord is strategically putting us in places because there are giants there that need to come down. Who believes that this morning? Why don't you turn to the person beside you and say, I'm a giant killer. So we actually get a choice. These, these kind of troubles, these kind of, these, these impossible situations, these giants that just happen to be uh, somewhere along our path, we actually get a choice. And I, and I, and I want to challenge us this morning to say yes. The challenge from the Lord this morning is to, is to say yes. When that giant shows itself, you say Yes. The next thing, um, the next, the next point I want to look at, and 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 what's really important, and what I feel like the Lord was sharing from this particular uh, story, is that what happens when, you know, when we actually say yes. What happens in that in that moment where there's a, there's there's trouble, there's an impossible situation, and we've decided to face it, and we say yes. What do we do? And so I was looking through this, this, this scripture and, you know, we see, we see here, verse 32, David, David says, yes. He says, I'm going I'm to go fight this, this giant. I'll do it. I'll fight it. And then immediately what we see is we see Saul 
and we see unbelief. The first thing we see is unbelief. And Saul begins to, to start listing off every possible reason he can think of why David should not go and fight this giant. He begins to say, you're just a boy. You're too young. You haven't had the training. You know, you, you, you haven't got enough experience. The, the enemy's too strong. He's been doing this for way longer than you. And he begins to just list all these, all these possible excuses. He begins to say everything he can think of. And, and, and what it is, it's, it's unbelief. And what's funny to, to me is, is, is David's response. It almost, it almost doesn't make any sense to me, right? In this, in this moment where, where Saul's saying, you're too young, you can't fight the giant, David, David basically says, it's fine, right? Don't, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll go fight this giant. It's like, you know, nine-foot giant with, you know, massive armor and everything. Don't worry, I'll go fight him because I've been looking after my father's sheep. That's what he says. <laughs> I don't know about you, that kind of doesn't sort of instill a lot of confidence in someone's ability to go and fight a giant. If you wanted someone to fight a giant, you probably wouldn't be looking for someone who looks after sheep. David says, it's fine. I've been looking after my father's sheep. I can do this. And then what he begins to say, he begins to say, the Lord rescued me from the lion. Yeah, the, the, the Lord rescued me from the bear. Verse, I think it's verse 37. Let me just read that, actually. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. What's he doing? He's testifying. In this moment where, where, where there's unbelief, after he said yes, he begins to testify about what the Lord has done in the past. He begins to share testimonies. You know what? I can, I can face this giant because, you know what? The Lord did this in the past. He did this. He did this. He did this. We know, and, and we've shared this so many times, the power of testimonies. Come on, who knows the power of a testimony? Because, you know what? Testimonies, are, I think Revelation 19, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And what happens is when we begin to testify, when, we begin, uh, it, you know, when, when we're facing unbelief and we're facing giants, we begin to say, look what God did before. Look what he did before, and this is what he's going to do again. And it doesn't even matter if the things that he did before are not the same as the things that you're facing right now. Some of us could argue that chasing after a lion or a bear is not the same thing as facing a warrior who's got armor, he's, that the warrior... The worry is there to, to come and get you. The lions are not. They want the sheep. We, we, we could argue that these are not the same things, but David says, you know what? The Lord rescued me in that situation. doesn't matter if it's not the same. He rescued me there. He'll do it again. 
And I feel like this morning there's, there's something so powerful when we begin to get a hold of testimonies. And the Lord wants us to begin, you know, writing them down, valuing testimonies. When, when the Lord does something for you, it doesn't matter how big, how small, how insignificant you might think it is. You make a note of that because at some point you can call upon that testimony and say, this is what the Lord did in the past and he'll do it again. And maybe it's not for your benefit. Maybe that testimony is not for you, but maybe it's for someone else who's facing a, who's facing a giant. The Lord is wanting us to be people who, who value testimonies, who celebrate testimonies. We, we, you know, we, we, we write them down, we record them. When you say yes to fighting a giant, when you step into that situation, and it's an impossible situation, and, and you're facing unbelief, there's, a, there's an opportunity there for you to bring a testimony. I encourage you, church, begin to write them down. Write down what God is doing in your life. We love hearing testimonies from the platform. How many know that it really stirs your heart when you hear what God is doing? So this morning, I guess what, what I feel like the Lord is, 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 is wanting us to do as a church, to see our, to see our vision of transforming our community through the love and power of Jesus is acting on our faith, is looking for the impossible situations. Look at, look at that giant that turns up and you consider it a joy. <laughs> consider it a joy. You go, you know what I'm going to do? I can't fix this on my own, but I get an opportunity now to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in him. I'm going to go after this giant I'm going to begin to share testimonies. This is what the Lord has done. This is what he did in the past, and he'll do it again. Let's be a people who who listen to his voice. Let's be people who hear, listen to his voice, follow his instructions. Let's be people who get ourselves into impossible situations. <clears throat> people who take risks. Not afraid to face the giant because we know what the Lord has done in the past, he'll do it again. Why don't we just close our eyes this morning? Lord, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you that you're, you're here in this place, stirring hearts. Lord, I pray right now for, a, for a, a fresh fire inside every person. Lord, like that, that image of the, the campfire, Lord, just begin to sweep off that, that, uh, that, that burnt off wood that's been sitting on top of those hot coals. Lord, all, all across this room, begin to sweep that off people's lives. Let that fire begin to ignite. Lord, let us be a people who, 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 who head out into our community are people who want to see the lost saved, who want, to, who want to step out in front of giants and take them down, are people who want to see God's kingdom come and invade this community.
Lord, I pray for courage. I pray for courage for every person in this room. I pray that we would hear your voice, that we would respond. I pray we would begin to value testimonies. We begin to write them down. We begin to share them. We begin to testify of what you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.